everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. Just a quick reminder, uh, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, so we may bring up some things from time to time that happen in future episodes of Felicity, but it's still fun. Listen, listen anyway. It's it's fun to listen. So I'm Melissa, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today? I'm great today. Fair warning, I may have had a bit too much coffee before we started recording. Oh, okay. So we're going to get a very energized version of Fish on today's podcast. I'm excited about that. Who knows what kind of rants we'll get from you as we go or excited conversation about happy things. Who knows? Today, we're going to talk about season one, episode six of Felicity. This one was called Cheating, and it first aired November 3rd, 1998. The writer on this one was Ed Redlich, and it was directed by Mark Buckland. And here's what the description officially was. It says, Ben is accused of cheating after Felicity rewrites his paper without telling him, and Julie fears she won't understand a Russian film that Zach is taking her to see. That's quite a way of boiling this episode down. There are a lot of different things that happen, but that's what they decided to put in the description. So Fish, I'm going to throw this one over to you. Where do you want to start with it? On its surface, I don't know that this episode comes across as incredibly funny, but for anyone who saw it the way that I did, I thought this was hilarious. I mean, it starts off with these sort of false kiss moments between Ben and Felicity, and you have this sort of girl porn music in the background going on. And he's, he's very intensely looking at her and moving in and then flicks her teeth. And I thought that was absolutely hilarious. And Felicity then, you know, decides to have a discussion about it with Julie and with the woman serving breakfast in the cafeteria. And both Julie and this woman seem to agree that flicking your teeth is it's a good move. I mean, they are going in the right direction. And I, I love this quote from the woman who's serving breakfast. Teeth are the most sensual part of the body. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's everything from Felicity just completely ruining everything with Ben to Blair putting Elena in her place. I loved Elena's freak out when she heard someone whistling over the rainbow in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to start off today with, with my award. It is the award for the funniest scene. I think Melissa and I watched it at least five or six times. Mm-hmm. And it's towards the end of the episode where you know, Sally is writing back to Felicity and we see in slow motion a solitary Ben slowly, sadly biting the head off a marzipan boxer. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, in my notes, I called that Ben slumps while eating marzipan boxer. Uh, we both were, we know where it's going, right? I mean, it was the slowest motion chew of a marzipan boxer head. 
and he was very much sunk into his couch. It was yes. it was a real choice for the slow <laughs> montage. <laughs> And I loved it. I will say that there was a lot of humor in this episode for me, if I think about it. But for me, it was all of the little moments like that. The one that you mentioned up top for me was not funny as much as it was frustrating. That was the first time in my notes I wrote, why? Actually, what I wrote was what? The flicking her teeth. But there were two moments where... Ben and Felicity are studying and there are two moments where Ben makes a motion like he's going in for a kiss. One is the flicking of the cilantro off of her teeth from the salsa she just ate. And the other is, you know, when they're standing at the door and he goes to reach behind her to get to the doorknob. And he, he, I mean, in both of those situations, it's very understandable how Felicity thought that he was going in for a kiss. And for me, I didn't find that funny so much as, you know, what is this guy doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is not a girl who doesn't have a crush on you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, as much as she's being like a normal version of her in this scenario, and she's just studying with him, and she's not trying too hard in this moment. And, you know, and they've had some good moments recently, and they've gotten onto a, cer- a, a certain track. I don't know what he's trying to accomplish in this scene, because it's it's funny, like in the last episode, you said that you had that first moment for you where you thought he might be looking at her with possibly a romantic feeling or the first inkling of one. And, you know, you're not the, the first listener that we've had who's made a mention of this, even though they're, you know, very clearly trying to set up like their friends, but we're all sort of starting to see these little things and these moments Ben needs to take the hint. I have never in my entire life had somebody, if, if I had food in my teeth, somebody would just be like, it's on this tooth. And they'd point to their own mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have that little process you go through where you get, you try to get it and you're definitely in the wrong place because we're never in the right place to start with. And never. then they just keep being like, no, to the left, no, to your left, no, to the other left, to the up, to the down. And then finally you get it or you just give up and you're like, go to the bathroom and check a mirror. And that is the process. It is inefficient, but it is the process that I have seen play out over and over again. It stands the test of time. Ben leans into a friend and flicks it off of her teeth for her. This isn't a thing, is it? No, it, it's definitely not a thing. But what I will say is I loved the shots where you see Felicity's face and, and then you see Ben's face. Mm-hmm. And yes, he's leaning in, but you see her sort of deer in the headlights what is happening Uh and he has this really intense Uh look like he is trying to pinpoint something so to me that scene didn't read like he was trying to do anything it just read he sees something in her teeth and he feels weirdly comfortable flicking her teeth which at the very I, least, if that's the situation, warn the other person. Be like, hey, you've got something in your teeth. Mind if I get it? Yeah, I, I'm not going to pretend like it isn't weird. It's mm-hmm. weird. But I will also fully give you, at the door, 
he knew what he was doing. When he puts his, oh, absolutely. This is not an inexperienced guy. When he puts his hand on her arm and then leans in past her to open the door, that is a classic, you know, I'm pulling you in kind of move. Uh And that's one of the reasons that, and I'm sorry, I find it so funny. But I do think that he was starting to move towards the romantic with her there. He's, you know, doing his slow burn. I'm so sexy. Here, watch me flick your teeth and open the door. He this doesn't need why... a slow burn. Ben, <laughs> no. of all scenarios ever portrayed on TV, Ben doesn't need the slow burn. <laughs> he doesn't need it. No, you're right. He doesn't need it, but... He doesn't know that. He doesn't get Felicity's desperation to be with him. He's doing probably what he would do with any other girl and have it be pretty successful. Um, It's getting less and less excusable for me for him to be a dumb guy. It really is. (laughs) And yet the whole episode we're watching is based around him being a dumb guy. and. This is where I find it so, on the one hand, heartbreaking, and on the other hand, hilarious that Felicity does this ridiculous thing that just at the moment when she and Ben are potentially getting to a romantic place ruins everything. Yeah, this was the second time in my notes I wrote, why? Why did she do this? For those who, who haven't actually just watched it uh, and, and want me to fill you in on what I just said why about, Ben gives her his paper to spell check it, which in that day and age meant putting your hard disk into the world's largest computer <laughs> and the like the least graphically designed my, version of whatever that was, Microsoft Word or something. And then instead of just running it through spell check, like, you know, she was asked to do, she rewrites it and, you know, saves a new copy, prints it out, puts it in the paper drop, you know, all the things that used to happen back in the day, uh, because digital wasn't really a thing. And so she submits a paper that maybe has some of what he wrote, but mostly is her additional thoughts. Uh, So I thought to myself, why? Why did she do this? Why? I don't know. I honestly cannot, I can't imagine what she was thinking. This is just something that would absolutely never occur to me to do. And I mean, it's so wrong on so many levels. Mm -hmm. And I can't, I can't tell you what she was thinking. You know, Um, I think the picture that they're painting for us of Felicity from the pilot through now, you believe that she has good intentions, right? The This one's tricky because it's like, what could those good intentions possibly be? And, you know, it's a major backslide for her. She's just really like sparking in the wrong direction, I feel like, with an action like this. But she does say something towards the end of the episode directly to Ben that I think has a glimmer of what she possibly could have been thinking in this moment where she says, the last thing I ever wanted to do was to make you feel anything less than amazing. 
So is that where this is coming from? Was she doing something that she thought if he gets a better grade, he'll feel good about himself? If she did, she was wrong. For me, I think it fell into the category of insecurity and low self-esteem that I think pervades this entire episode. Ben has self-esteem issues and insecurity about his intelligence, whereas Felicity has insecurity about everything but school. And what I took away from that last scene was where she says, I'm a geek, I'm a teacher's pet, and I did something loathsome. So she wanted to do something nice for him, I guess. But really, I see this as sort of a know-it-all moment. She was, quote, trying to help, but it ended up being really disrespectful and arrogant and it comes out more than once. It really bugged me when she was talking to, to Julie and kept saying Solaris instead of whatever, you know, however Julie was pronouncing it. She was saying Solaris. Yeah. I mean, it's a moment where you just kind of want to shake her and say, stop it. You know, you have other things to give. You don't need to, to be this pretentious person. Yeah, you don't need to be the A student in every scenario, including with your friends. I think that there's more context for me with this episode now that we've been doing this podcast and talking about some of these previous episodes, because where we left off with the Ben and Felicity relationship at the end of Spooked, the last episode, I had been saying that Ben really needs her, Ben needs her to be just a good good friend to him. He needs her to not be the girl who's deeply crushing on him where it's getting in the way of having these sort of deep interactions. He's starting to he's been starting to open up to her and he needs her to be able to receive that and not make it all about her. And that's what it seemed like he was getting to towards the end of the last episode where it was like, please just let me be a guy. You know, let me let me be just a person. And let's, let's develop from there, but let me just not have to be this perfect symbol of excellence for you. So to go from that to this must have felt like a really deep blow to Ben, because this in his mind is Felicity saying, she thinks that like, not only does she not think I'm perfect anymore, she actually thinks I'm stupid and I need academic help. And I don't know, maybe it just feels to him like this person whose opinion has been starting to matter to him even more is no longer seeing him as the God she once saw him. And I don't know, that's a big adjustment for him to make. Yeah, I mean, he is definitely pissed off. And I think it comes from a place of being really hurt. Mm-hmm. And also from his own security, he feels stupid. He feels like she thinks he's stupid and he can't fix it. He really wants to fix it himself and he can't. Mm-hmm. And that is really tough. And we get this beautiful shot of him where he's alone and he's studying and the rain is coming down. He's reading this essay 
and he's seeing all of these complex references that are in it and he just puts it down and he puts his head in his hands he is overwhelmed but he doesn't want her help he does not want her to interfere and he certainly doesn't want her help through noel this was mm -hmm. another moment that i just thought was absolutely hilarious the i think only what maybe the third meeting between noel and ben and noel's coming over to try to help him based on felicity asking him to and ben is just like dude leave me alone mm -hmm. and and no one believes in ben i mean absolutely no one in this episode believes that Ben can do this. And what's really sad is he can't do it. And yeah. so it's something I guess you just have to come to terms with. I will say I was definitely an academic person in high school and in college. I did well. And then I got to grad school mm -hmm. and I was crushed. I mean, everyone around me, they just got it. And for the first time in my life, I didn't get it. And it's hard. It's a blow. And it took me a while to just accept that that's okay. There are people who are smarter than me. And I can do other things. And mm -hmm. I have worth. You know, but it takes a while. Yeah. I mean, it is something that I like about this show is that, you know, if you stick with it, every character has their thing, the thing they do really well. And Ben's hunting for that right now. And we have to remember, this was a guy who was voted most popular in high school. And we are seeing so many shots of him alone in these recent episodes, mulling things over, pondering his life. You know, he's in a foreign environment for him. This is, these are feelings he probably hasn't had to deal with. You know, he certainly dealt with hard things. We know that from his description of his family life. But the stuff that he used to excel at, or, you know, the stuff that used to come more easily to him isn't really there for him right now. So he is having to, he's having to figure it out. And I think he does make some interesting choices in this. Like, he could throw Felicity under the bus so hard and he doesn't even in the moment where he admits in that very uncomfortable room to all those professors who were in that sort of tribunal like environment. He admits, you know what? I didn't write this paper. And they asked him, where did he get it? And he says he bought it off of somebody he doesn't even know. And he could have said Felicity. He could have said, hey, check the window. It's the girl who's <laughs> literally staring at us through this entire conversation. The one who was answering the very questions you were asking in class on my mm -hmm. behalf about this exact material. But he doesn't. He doesn't throw her under the bus. But I loved the scene between men and Felicity where they had it out directly with each other. It, they get, he gets more passive aggressive and sort of sullen as the episode goes on, but there's that explosive argument they have where he is really angry and she is really ashamed or, or guilty. I'm not really, not really sure which one she's feeling there, but she's feeling horrible about having done it and can't really articulate why she did it. And he's just feeling angry. And I think in that moment, they just need to get their emotions out. 
Yeah. So first, I absolutely agree. Ben is in a different place. You're right. He's alone and he didn't make the track team. So these are two of the things that Felicity says, oh, you know, these were the things that you were so great at in high school. So he is in this place where he's searching for what he's good at. And I had the same reaction. I could not read Felicity's face in that scene between the two of them. I completely understood what Ben was feeling. Mm -hmm. He was angry and I think he kept it together pretty well. The part with him not throwing her under the bus though, I think we might see that a little differently. Mm -hmm. I think that was all about him. I don't think he wanted to admit that she did this to him. He wanted to fix it on his own. That mm -hmm. was his way of dealing with this. Okay, maybe he couldn't write the perfect paper, but he can fix it. And I think we see that from Noel also in this episode where, and I won't say it, not just this episode, Noel is a fixer. Felicity brings him problems and he always tries to fix them. Mm -hmm. And I find it kind of annoying that she comes and confides in him and he tells her don't do anything like i'll look into it and he goes to the dean and it's it's just i don't know i find that kind of annoying but going back to ben i really don't think that he was trying to save her from anything i think it it had to do with him trying to bolster himself mm -hmm. uh, in that moment yeah might very well be. I mean, as you mentioned, Noel, uh, who again, you know, he's he's been sort of a little quieter in these last couple of episodes, probably because the last major interaction we saw with Felicity was him saying, yeah, I am in a relationship. Uh, sorry about that kiss. You know, they're still kind of in the aftermath of that. And so Felicity, her attention has turned elsewhere. Noel appears to be giving her some of that space, at least from the perspective of we're not seeing a lot of scenes with them together unless Felicity has initiated it. And so, you know, the major thing that we get with Noel in this episode is what seemed to me to be a very threatening conversation with Dean Allison, the Dean of Students. I couldn't even, I mean, is that how a conversation like that would go? I mean, Noel is an RA coming to the Dean asking for wisdom about a student who's asking questions about cheating. And this guy, you know, sometimes you get more flies with honey. Is that the expression or sugar or I don't know, what do you get flies with? But you don't get it with threats. And so, you know, the Dean is saying, tell me this person's name and their head will roll. And Noel's like, ah, uh, no. Maybe I won't, you know, he maybe would have gotten the name had he been, a, a, I don't know, on the surface, a little bit more gentle about the conversation, but that's not what we got from Dean Allison. I think that is accurate. Mm -hmm. And I am not going to go into detail about why I think that's accurate. But let's just say I've had some conversations. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely believe he would react that way. Okay. And Noel's sort of stuck in that moment because he wants to help Felicity out. But both he and Felicity are these goody two-shoes types who are worried about getting caught. And that's another thing that I 
and maybe I'm reading this wrong, but I, I didn't read a lot of guilt on Felicity's face for doing what she actually did until the end. Mm-hmm. Earlier on, I see her, you know, having, being scared, having that, you know, pit in your stomach mm-hmm. when you know something's coming. She has a hard time meeting Ben's gaze as they're fighting it out. But it does feel like she doesn't understand consequences still. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of normal for maybe some freshmen. And so Noel is really driving this home that, no, there's there are serious consequences for this. Mm-hmm. And she's starting to understand. And I like that she does, in the end, walk into the room to this tribunal and admit what she did and why. I thought it was another hilarious moment that she had to confess it in the sweater she was wearing, Mm -hmm. which was a very unfortunate fashion choice, Uh um, as as per usual. But this was a out of the whole episode. This was her worst sweater, and she had to go in front of everyone. And maybe they felt bad for her because of that. So, so um, you feel like after she said, "Oh, well, I I wrote the paper. Well, actually, I rewrote it." They should have been like, "And look at that attire choice. You're going to come I into think, this room. You're going to tell us you rewrote the paper, and you're wearing that." Uh, no, I think it's more. They looked at her. And they kind of heard her say this, although they were distracted by the sweater. And then they all kind of went, oh, this this poor girl. Look at what she's wearing. Yeah. So and maybe she, one of them could have just been like, um, I'm sorry. Could you just, could you say, did you confess? Because I couldn't hear anything over your sweater. Yes. Okay. I think that, <laughs> that might have happened. You can tell because there's two male professors and one female. Mm-hmm. And the female professor still wants heads to roll. The mm-hmm. two male professors are both like, huh, no. <laughs> and they're on her side. Okay. All right. Um, so I, I think in the end they get off because of her sweater, something wow. that Ben will never do. So in this scenario, maybe a poor fashion choice was actually saving the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. U- ugly sweater to the rescue. Well, I do want to say that in that scene with the tribunal, for me, it felt like a callback almost to the acting class scene that Ben yes. had in Hot Objects, where it was reversed, right? Because this time the professors were lit the way he was lit. You know, he was in that shadowy way of portraying him, that that, that angle. And this time it was the professors who were in the darkness, who were in the shadow, but he was still alone. Even though he was lit, he was alone. And, you know, he's feeling very uncomfortable, but for a very different reason, where in the acting class, he was admitting something so honest and so true and so deeply vulnerable. And in this scenario, he was trying not to admit how he was really feeling about the situation. You know, he was trying to pretend he had written the things that Felicity wrote and it was not at all at honest or, or real. It was still coming from a very deep place, but I liked the reversal of this scene. Yeah. I thought of the same moment uh, here. I had written Ben is alone in front of a firing squad. Hmm. 
they were on, I guess, different sides. Uh, he was to the right when he was doing the acting scene and he was mm -hmm. to the left when he was facing the professors. But to me, it seemed kind of like the same scene because mm -hmm. he's the one alone and he's the one on the spot. But I do agree that, you know, this time he's, he is not being honest. Uh, whereas last time he was revealing something personal. And yet at the end of this, he again has to, unfortunately, reveal something personal. Mm -hmm. Not only that she was the one who wrote the paper, but that she did it because he was stupid. Yeah. I just feel so bad for Ben in this episode. He's having a rough go. This has not been an easy freshman year so far for him. And at the end for him to, you know, what, what was it? They, they had him fail the paper when he would have gotten a B with his original paper. I mean, talk about a slap in the face to have your professor be like, yeah, you actually would have improved your grade on this paper from your average, but whatever. Cause you know, honestly, Ben, Ben didn't know that Felicity had done this, but he tried to pretend that he did once he was caught. And that is probably the bigger issue. I mean, but at the end of the day, uh, he did not bring this upon himself and you figure he probably needed that fee. But I also don't think the grades matter as much to him mm -hmm. as they do to Felicity, or at least getting an A doesn't matter. I think the fact that he would have gotten a B is as much of a boost to his self-esteem as actually getting the B. Mm -hmm. So this is where, you know, I did kind of have a question because I wanted to get your take on it, whether you thought the consequences were fair. Boy, this is a moral quandary, isn't it? Because I want to say that for him, the only problematic thing that he did here was that when he was initially caught or suspected of cheating, he decided to say he had written it. And that was a lie. And that's a problem. And that would be a problem if you're an administrator. But he honestly did not know that this had been submitted without his words. He had written an entire paper. The entire paper was then submitted to the professor and Professor Rogalski was given the original paper that he wrote. Somehow, I guess Felicity had two copies of the paper still on the disc, which should have been a red flag for Ben. But he knew that Ben had written a version. He thought it was good work for Ben. I think it's a real shame that Ben gets penalized for ultimately what is Felicity's mistake. I think had he not tried to own it as his own paper, it might have been a different thing. But then we start to get into that place of like, had he said from the very beginning, well, you see here, sir, Felicity actually wrote the paper and didn't tell me and I'm really angry with her and very upset and here's how it all went down. Then I'd have a different problem with then. So I don't know. I don't know what I think about this. Yeah, I guess my thought is, I don't know that it was fair that they both had the same thing happen to them. Mm -hmm. I think the professor showed a lot of humanity in this, realized they were young and said, it's not so much a malicious cheating thing as poor judgment, which will happen because they're young. And so 
I think that the punishment for Ben was actually fair. I kind of feel like more should have happened to Felicity. Mm-hmm. I mean, something has to happen to Ben because he did lie. But I kind of feel like maybe Felicity has to repeat the course or gets kicked out of the course or something like that. I didn't feel fault was equally weighted mm-hmm. on the two of them. And I yeah. would not have had a problem with Ben if he had said, yeah, Felicity did this. Because I also don't think he was trying to protect her but by not saying that she did it. I think that was, yeah. again, about his own ego and insecurities. So I don't feel differently about him. Uh, maybe. I think when I think of Ben in this show, and I, I suspect others may feel differently about him, but to me, he has a surprising amount of integrity for what you think you're getting from that character. And I see him make a lot of choices out of loyalty, where I think there are a lot of other characters that don't do that in a much starker way. And so, you know, had he in this moment outed Felicity, I think it would not ring true for me as we get further into this series for them to have set it up that way for me right here. So for for me, I don't know if he was doing it for her or for him, but at the end of the day, he's not throwing her under the bus and that's a choice. Yeah, it also means that she doesn't get expelled so they can continue the show. Mm-hmm. So that's a consideration as well. But I want to talk about another guy that I think is just awesome. Mm-hmm. And his name is Blair. Mm-hmm. He is fantastic. He is yeah. patient. He communicates. He is honest. He completely calls Elena out on all of her BS. And I just love the two of them. Yeah, this was a really fun courtship process. I mean, they've they've done this in reverse order. They had their night at the Halloween party. They're all kinds of fun at the Halloween party. And then now they're having to go back to the beginning. And Elena is so intense. She is so intensely the way Elena would be intense throughout this whole episode. She has all the walls up. You don't even know where the walls came from or what they're made of. You just know the walls are up and she's pushing Blair away. And she's obviously really intrigued and still, uh, still pushing him away so hard. And everybody knows it. And Blair calls her out for that. He, he says, everybody knows it. She says, that's such a bunch of crap. And he gives her this look like, is it though? He's just being, like you said, very patient. I happened to like the part where she hijacks the elevator that Felicity is in to have a friend conversation. (laughs) Oh, that was such a great, perfectly Elena thing to do. Absolutely. I was going to say that four of the walls are clearly those of an elevator that Elena has stopped and kidnapped Felicity in. Mm Hmm. Yeah. That I thought was just another hilarious moment from this episode where Elena's just freaking out because she doesn't know how to have emotions in a relationship. And I think she went to Felicity because she knew she was going to get the answer she wanted. And also, I don't know who else she would go to. I mean, she already went to Noel and berated him for telling other people who then started whistling over the rainbow near her. So she's already burned that bridge. And I, I don't know who else she has. 
besides Felicity to yeah. uh, to ask about this. We haven't been shown anybody else that she has to talk to about this. And I think that's probably meant to be indicative of the network that she's built. And the fact that, you know, Felicity, if that's her closest friend, she has to kidnap her sort of <laughs> like <laughs> for a moment. Or she feels like she has to in order to have an authentic conversation, which is so upsetting for Elena. But, you know, and and even in that conversation, like Felicity is obviously game to have this talk, even though she's shocked. She's like, you want my advice about guys? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is happening in the world? But she's not saying no. She's just expressing real surprise that this would be what Elena wants to do. And you know, she's trying to navigate this conversation <laughs> with Elena. And for me, yeah, this is definitely one of the funniest scenes of the episode where Elena is being so, so intense about how she's talking about this relationship. And, you know, she's talking about how she would normally handle something like this. And she says, I, I would squash it and kill it dead. And then Felicity <laughs> goes, and then you would eat it? <laughs> like what conversation are we having dial it down from like the 15 that you're at to a 10 and maybe you'll be okay oh gosh and at the end of that scene where felicity is just trying to soften the moment and she's like i'm just trying to suggest the possibility perhaps that maybe just perhaps perhaps you might like blair that's just one possible theory she says i love that just one possible theory that she puts in there like, hey, you know what, whatever theory you were going with that led you to this elevator moment, that could be. But also, <laughs> I have another idea that I'd like to put out there. Ugh. So great. She does have her moments of wisdom. It can be so easy to give advice when it's not you. It's true. It's very true. Well, I also wanted to talk a little bit about Julie and Zach, because the two of them are embarking on their second film, uh, or I guess their third, if you count Zach's film. Mm -hmm. And so I'm seeing, again, the low self-esteem, insecurity, just peeking its head out. Julie is really worried that Zach's going to think she's a moron just because she doesn't like the movie. And so she goes to basically a generic blockbuster which doesn't exist anymore and is looking for vhs copies of this tape and gets them from this wonderful guy named pj in the most amazing hat and he has this moment with her where he's explaining freshman dating rituals mm -hmm. and he basically says look this is just standard I see people coming in to do this all the time, which is really kind of sad. But I do enjoy the fact that he says, this guy who's a film student is really trying to impress you. So you don't have to worry about it so much. Mm -hmm. And that's where I guess Zach's self-esteem issues start coming in that he wants to be cool. He wants to be liked by this girl and you know at least this time even though she fell asleep he doesn't snap at her he smiles and is more reassuring about the whole issue 
but it was unfortunate that Julie had to go and watch this thing twice. (laughs) Yeah, that guy in the movie store was one of the bright spots of the episode for me. I think, you know, I've often remarked on when they bring in people from the dorm and they didn't really do that with this episode, but there are a lot of other people who are not the core group who get alluded to or who are in some way part of this. And PJ is probably one of the most prominent. I I was looking him up because I don't recognize this actor, but then I realized when I saw his credits that probably everybody else does because he was in like every American pie. And I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff. So I'm guessing that a lot of people, if they saw this scene with him, would be like, oh, yeah, 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 Eddie K. Thomas. But he just added something really nice to this episode, which for me is actually my note from an optimist, this idea that we try so hard to impress people when we like them. And maybe you just don't need to try so hard. Maybe just being you will impress them. And, you know, he might have said something very similar, but reversed to Zach. He probably is like the movie store therapist. <laughs> like he just comes in and like reassures everybody. I don't know. But maybe you just don't have to try this hard. And I think in this show, we've seen a lot of the most genuine moments and genuine connections happen when people let their guard down and they aren't trying that hard. And, you know, so I love that. And I, I also love the contrast between, you know, Zach in the beginning, when he first meets Julie in the episode, he's like, you're not blowing me off. He's like, you're definitely going to Solaris, right? But he uses this expression, not blowing me off. And Elena and Blair, she is blowing him off the whole episode. So I really liked that contrast between these two relationships. But at the end of the day, maybe you just don't have to try that hard to impress somebody. Maybe you could just, just be you and that's enough. That is very optimistic. <laughs> right on, Melissa. As Noel would say, right on. Yeah. I also like the very short amount of time that we get to see Sean in this episode, who mm-hmm. I would say is not an insecure person at all. He has some really terrible ideas <laughs> and he is all for them. He, he is there to create marzipan boxers in a ring <laughs> that they you then sadly eat later at night <laughs> slumped in a couch exactly yeah. well and you have to remember that his idea book was stolen so marzipan boxers <laughs> are either the only thing he remembered or his first new idea <laughs> well he is excited about this idea but i also love the moment where Ben is sitting next to Sean and Sean is trying to create his ring for his marzipan boxers and uh, someone knocks on the door and Sean just very casually says, you'll get it. Because <laughs> he's really preoccupied with the boxers. Clearly. I don't know. I like this guy. I also liked the symbolism of the eating of the boxer itself because he throws one to Noel when Noel first shows up at the apartment <clears throat> and he. He's, he's like, oh, you should eat it. You can bite its head off. And Noel holds it while he's talking to Sean and then throws it back to Sean, not having eaten it. And at the end of the episode, Ben is eating the head off the boxer. So like, am I going too far to say that this is some 
in some parallel to how these two characters feel on each other. Like are Noel and Ben in the ring? Noel walked away from that fight for that for today. And Ben's like, damn it, I'm just going to eat the head off this boxer. I didn't fully follow you there. Okay. I'm not okay, going to okay. lie. All right. Well, I guess I'm saying is, are the two boxers in the ring meant to be Noel and Ben? And Noel was like, Ben's got enough on his plate. I'm going to walk away from this fight today. <laughs> and Ben's like, screw you and everybody. <laughs> like, I'm just meeting this head on. So I, what I'm hearing is that these boxers are symbolic of, uh, of Noel and Ben. And what happens towards the end of the episode is Ben eats Noel's head. Yeah. I mean, is this, is this a little too much? Is this, have I gone too far? Is this symbolism not really there? You know, if it's there for you, why not? Well, listeners, what do you think? Yeah. Have I done too much here? Am I trying too hard? <laughs> is this just one possible theory or does this not hold water? You tell us. But in that same scene, another character that we don't see that I really enjoyed was, you know, when Noel's coming up the elevator or comes, who comes to the door, you hear the squawk of a bird in the background. Mm -hmm. And he's like mentioning this guy who was coming in with a bird and Ben's like, oh yeah, that's Alex, the bird trainer. And you just keep hearing squawks for a little <laughs> while. I just, uh, I love this stuff. It's like the apartment is really alive, you know, and they don't have to do anything more than give you like the occasional bird squawk to let you know that there are other people in this building who had birds mm -hmm. apparently that was okay we couldn't have cats or dogs but birds okay it was a it sounded like a falcon yeah. <laughs> or like it was, a, it's a loud bird yeah what are those uh macaws could have uh, been giant parrot things it's oh, not your goodness. basic parakeet i'll tell you that much <sighs> yes so i think We've talked a lot about uh, insecurity in, or low self-esteem, but I do think there were a couple of things that Felicity did right, even though she did so many things wrong. <laughs> Felicity keeps showing up, and sometimes that's enough. Ben tells her, I don't want your help, just leave me alone, and she keeps showing up. And people start showing up for Ben because of Felicity. The people who are crowded outside of his door when he's with the tribunal are Noel and Julie and Felicity. And while I don't think it's appreciated in that moment, I do think that it's all she could really do. And it is something that hopefully he will start to appreciate later that she does bring this group of people who do care about her and she hasn't been pushing them away mm -hmm. into his life. So I think that's a really good thing. I don't know how long it's going to take Ben to get over this. I think it really did help that he got a B and the professor said that. But this is a real violation mm -hmm. and it's a violation of his trust. It's disrespectful. And 
I think, I mean, maybe we can go back and, and listen again to, to see if anyone else picks up on this, but I think it's the first time Felicity has hurt Ben. And up until this point, she has been this kind of adoring fan. And then they've gotten closer. He's opened up a bit and he's been very clear about the fact that he did not have a great home life. He didn't feel safe there. He was probably emotionally hurt quite a bit. And he doesn't open up easily to people. Mm-hmm. And he's now started to do that. And as soon as he does open up a tiny bit of his shell, she like stabs him. And so, I mean, it's going to be a real testament to him if he can get over this quickly. Yeah, I think this is the first time she hurt him. I mean, the closest, but to me, it's still pretty far off that I can think of is in Spooked when she calls him out. He was he was getting closer to her and then he was sort of leaving her in the lurch or just like flaking out on her. And she she didn't like that he was doing that with him with her. And she calls him out in class and she says, you weren't doing that for me. You were doing it for you. You were, you were afraid, you were freaked out. You know, basically she's calling him out for sort of using her to feel better after the robbery. And I think of that as a different thing. She was calling him out, but it wasn't uncomfortable. Like it was the first, one of the first times she was putting him in his place And to that, I think he responded really well. He gave it a lot of thought. He walked around the city, he cleared his head and he decided he wanted to meet her more than halfway. And he came back to Dean and DeLuca and he gave her, you know, the necklace and, you know, he, he really met that situation. Well, this though, she's hurting him. You know, he didn't do anything to deserve this. It's an indictment on something about him that she felt she needed to rewrite his paper. So this is this is a different it's coming from a different place. And I don't think that he'll handle it the same way. Yeah, he's mad. He is really mad. And I get it. I mean, I do think there's a huge difference between calling someone out on something they may be doing that isn't great and basically thinking they're too dumb to write their own paper. So, I mean, we see that in the scene with Blair when he calls Elena out. And and I have felt this. I have been called out by someone I was dating before. And you just kind of go cold all over. And it's sort of like numbing. And you have your, at least for me, like head buzzing for a minute. And you want to get really defensive, which Elena does. But you know they're right. Mm-hmm. And then you can come around to it. But that is just really different than poking at some at something that you already feel badly about when you're in a vulnerable spot and you have taken the time to open up to someone. So there just really isn't a lot that Felicity can do at this point. And I think she does do the one thing she can do, which is keep showing up. Yeah, And I hope that that is enough. I'm assuming, considering there's, what, three and three-fifths seasons left, mm-hmm. that the two of them will speak again. But I would be very surprised if in the next episode, those early romantic feelings start showing up again. Yeah. 
One thing I liked about, you know, you're mentioning how she's bringing people into his world, but there was a, just a moment that I really appreciated where those people were almost an interference. When Ben is at the tribunal, Felicity comes in, she admits that it was she who wrote the paper. And Ben gets upset about, you know, saying to the professors in front of him, basically she's saying that I'm stupid. He gets up, he walks out of the room and there's this tight camera shot that I just, I wanted to mention this because I don't even know how they got this camera angle because it was right on the other side of the door, looking into the classroom. You see Felicity in the classroom. You see Noel in the doorway. Ben had to walk past him in a bit of a huff on the way out. And they somehow got him a foot outside the door. I don't know where this cameraman was, but it was so perfectly tight. It was this like claustrophobic moment where he just, it felt to me like this man needs to get out of this room and it's just too tight in there. And the, the shot itself was really tightly composed with so many people in the frame in such a small space. And I loved, it was, I don't know, it was just a small detail, but I liked the note that it added to that scene. That's interesting. I, I didn't notice that one, but I did notice several of the shots in this episode that I thought were done really nicely. I really loved the shot where you see Felicity looking in on Ben mm. and then her own reflection mm-hmm. comes in to focus. And I still couldn't read her expression in that. This is the first episode where I really have no idea what is going on in her head. Mm-hmm. There was no point in this episode where I could relate to her in her actions, I could feel how uncomfortable she was and that pit in in your stomach that you feel after you've done something wrong. But I just, I couldn't read her. I couldn't understand what she was feeling, even as she's talking to Ben about it. I didn't understand why she didn't say something sooner. They have this great scene where they're in the cafeteria together and she could have just said to Ben, I did this. And instead she just says, oh, I don't know what happened with the paper. Mm -hmm. And then there's this wonderful moment where right after that, Julie stands up and says, I'm late for ethics class. And (laughs) she's like, hmm, nice. Yeah, it's just a little dig at Felicity there without trying to be. By the script writers, <laughs> not <Yep>. by Julie. <laughs> it's like Felicity needs to be prompted into action here. Yeah, I mean, your comment is a complaint that I have about this episode because I feel like we know Felicity and we will know Felicity to be somebody who does make the occasional impulsive decision. And yet it usually comes from a well intentioned place. And we're usually given more explanation of what that well-intentioned place is. So it's easier for us to go along for the ride. Sometimes the impulsive thing is a cute thing. And sometimes it's a little weird. And you're like, oh, I needed something to help me uh, explain. Like, you know, her, her decision in the pilot to move across the country 
for some people that is a bridge way too far, but you, if you stay with the show, it's probably because you found some way to be endeared to her anyway. And they're not giving us any of that in this episode. You don't really know exactly why she did this. And it feels like a real backslide. To me, it feels like a real backslide, not just in her relationship with Ben, but how she was showing up in her relationship with Ben as we got to the last episode. And then all of a sudden she does this. It's like, uh, where is this coming from exactly? I don't even feel like it's a backslide. I don't feel like this is something she would have done in high school. Mm -hmm. It seems like it might have been a manufactured plot point to throw a wrench in it so that the two of them don't get together too soon. Mm. I, so I don't know if that was something in the writer's heads at this time, but given been. that they don't, that you're right, they don't give us anything from her perspective, even in her Dear Sally tape, she doesn't explain why she would do this. It just doesn't seem like her. Because we're so early to the show, I guess it could seem like her, but she doesn't come off as so pretentious and arrogant early on mm -hmm. that she would think this was her place to me was kind of shocking. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's a fair critique. Look, I am very familiar with what's to come in this series and it doesn't ring true for me. And you are less, you don't remember as much about what's to come in this series and it doesn't ring true for you. So to me, that's a fault with the writing that yeah. this episode is there for some reason, but it's not really connecting us to what we understand about what they've built for this character. And all of the characters are going to have to deal with it. And that's the trick with a good show too, where it's like, you know, this show's going to continue for four seasons and Stories like this, storylines like this, are going to become part of the history of these characters, whether we like it or not. So a writer can always say, yeah, but it happened. And we can say, but it probably shouldn't have. <laughs> and so <laughs> like, there's things that, you, that Felicity will do in this show that you'll love or you'll hate or you'll, you'll support or you'll find fault with. But when you have a moment like this where it's like, is this really this character? There's at least another moment in the show, you know, with another character where I feel that way. And it was really done as a device. And, you know, those moments feel harder to get behind because people say, yeah, but this character did this. And it's like, that's not the character I know. I agree. Well, you, uh, you referenced Sally, the tape from Sally. So is it time for us to do our what Sally said, what Sally meant segment? I think it's about that time. Excellent. Well, as, as you may know, uh, for those of you who are just tuning in, this is one of our beloved segments of the show where, you know, Sally is her mentor who's not living anywhere near her and they pass tapes back along, back and forth to each other through the mail, basically as journal entries or diary entries. And so at the end of this episode, we're going to get a tape from Sally about what she said to Felicity and Fish is going to read between the lines and tell us what she really meant to say. So here, here goes. Dear Felicity. Oh, girl. No, 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 no. I've spent the last couple nights camping out in the desert by myself. You need to leave that boy alone. Give him some space. 
Emmett and I were sort of going a little too fast. So going away just helps clear my head. Because, and I say this with love, I would have slapped the shit out of you. <laughs> it's interesting what you did for Ben. And by interesting, I mean disrespectful, hurtful, not to mention arrogant. I mean, you have these expectations for who he is, for what you want him to be. That's just normal. This is some tough love, but your expectations don't mean shit. And imposing them on Ben is a real dick move. I have those same expectations for Emmett, which I know is unfair. And this is not judgment, because I can be a real dick too. He isn't perfect. He isn't John. It's ironic, but we must de-dickify ourselves, or neither of us will be getting that D. You'll understand that later. Listening to your tape, I was reminded of this poem. It has this central question. Is it harder to count on someone or to know that you are being the one counted upon? Get your head out of your ass so you can hear him. He doesn't want your help. And that's his decision to make. Anyway, there's this part that goes, if equal affection cannot be, let the more loving one be me. And I know that you just want him to rip your clothes off, throw you down and make sweaty animal desperate love to you like the dirty, dirty boy you know he is. Have you ever read that one? It's one of my favorites. <clears throat> I may have been projecting a bit on that last part. I've been out here in the desert alone for a while. The point is, you like him. You need to be patient. And if you take nothing else away from this, remember this little rhyme that my mother passed down to me. If you want his prick, stop being a dick. Wow. You know, this was probably the most in line with what I wanted to say, Felicity. I mean, I'll tell you, last time Sally was gentle and loving with Felicity. She held her like an egg, like a delicate egg. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this yeah. one, she lets it rip. Yeah, it's what she was thinking. She didn't write it or say it. She didn't send it to her. But, you know, she was thinking it. You were thinking it. I we were thinking all it. thinking it. I mean, I set up in the last podcast that I was thinking that for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> like she, she might go back a, a notch. The, the notch she went up with Megan last time or two episodes ago, she went back down. I don't know that, that Megan would have cared. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Megan yeah. Would, would clearly not have cared, which I think is indicative of Megan not being in this, this episode because yeah, meh, does not matter one bit to her. Yeah. I do want to make a comment about the line at the end of Sally's tape. If equal affection cannot be, let the more loving one be me. I used to like that when I was younger. I remember hearing it and it meant something to me and it was probably true for me. And I don't like it anymore. Let's just have equal affection. 
<laughs> but Melissa, it cannot be. Well, then I don't want it. <laughs> you know, I mean, That's I don't fair. know. It's uh, this is the older, wiser version of me coming to you live <laughs> or, or recorded and podcasted. Yeah. I'm not I, sure that's all it's cracked up to be. Let the more loving one be me. Yeah. I mean, the, I do think there's an imbalance in most relationships. But when you find the ones that aren't, it's something special. And I also think that they change over time, mm-hmm. which is interesting. But I actually had a stronger reaction to her earlier statement about whether it's harder to be the one that is leaned on or being the one leaning on someone else. And personally, both of those things kind of freak me out. But I would say the one that is harder for me is to lean on somebody else or to count on somebody else. It really opens you up there, which is why Sally was so clear about how this was Ben's decision. If he doesn't want your help at this point and he wants to fix it himself, he's taking back some power in that dynamic that that you've robbed him of. And he doesn't want to be the vulnerable one who then not only have you stabbed him, but now he has to rely on you to fix his wounds. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be that person. So I think it's harder to be the person who opens up and counts on somebody else and trusts them and relies on them to come through because the fact of the matter is people don't always come through and it can be really, really tough to deal with it when they don't. Yeah. In any relationship, you're going to have these moments where there's somebody leaning on somebody else. Hopefully you're going to have a balance there. Well, where, you know, it'll, the reverse situation will happen at points. So it, you know, the answer to that question of which one is harder may have to do with what your tendencies are, what your personal story is. But I would just make a note that we want balance, you know, in a, you know, you, you want to have both things happen in a healthy relationship because otherwise it's codependent and that's not ideal either, but it's also hard for me to ask for help. So I, I tend to gravitate more towards being the one leaned upon and that's not necessarily good. If that's too much of the story of a, of a relationship or a friendship for me, that's usually a sign that I need to find balance there. Yep. I agree with that. But I did want to um, mention, so in the after you listen to this tape, you have to erase it segment. We've had some listener feedback, and I'm going to go ahead and say we have an official treatise that's come in uh, <laughs> about Felicity and Ben. So over the course of four seasons, you're going to hear me refer to this treatise on many occasions because, oh, there was so much good material. It's <laughs> a lot of good stuff. So Allison wrote to us. She had a lot of good things to say, but I wanted to uh, pull something that she wrote to talk about up until this point and the series. And your mileage may vary on how much this episode represents this, but I think this is like a marked shift moment. Allison wrote to us and said, in the beginning, Felicity tried to force things with Ben 
too much and her eagerness and aggressiveness were a bit much for this college boy who was just trying to explore the world away from home and find his footing. But even when he was running from her, he always seemed oddly to be running toward her. So for me, this does ring true up until this episode and even, you know, for the first five minutes of this episode. And then, you know, she's created a line of demarcation (laughs) with her rewriting of his essay. But I like the way Allison put this. And I think, you know, a number of us have been seeing that there is this pull that Ben has had towards Felicity, even, even when he didn't really have it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of killing me not to read this email. So <laughs> I, I I warned I, Fish that there's like basically this treatise spoils everything ever, <laughs> <laughs> and so I was being very protective of you, and I was like, all the spoiler alerts, <laughs> not just one, like the many spoiler alerts. It's such a good treatise. Um. And Melissa keeps saying this. It's such a good treatise on why Ben is the one for Felicity. And I, having not made up my mind yet, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't want the spoilers because, again, I have no idea what's going to come. I have yeah. no idea. So, And I remember liking Noel. So I mm, – but it is – I'm not going to lie – you're killing me, Allison. But I'm very appreciative. <laughs> I will and say, I, for anybody who wants to write a Noel and Felicity treatise, we need that too. Or it could be a memorandum or a missive. <laughs> a brief or a a white paper would also be acceptable. Yes, we'll also we take PowerPoint presentations. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> PowerPoint. I love PowerPoint. Heck, if you want to put it in Excel, go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's our. I I am fine with that preferred method. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I um, liked this. It was a good way of sort of summarizing the even in the beginning when there is this sort of they're friends and they're everybody's trying to figure out their way. You can still there are these moments and we're all feeling different moments from what we've heard from feedback, from what you've said, Fish. We're all feeling these different moments where it's like, what is happening here exactly? And I think that's that's a nice note to have in the show because it's not so clear cut who she's meant to be with from the beginning. It's like she's got these two guys and there's a lot of ups and downs happening here. But is Ben really friend zoning her? Is he really out of the game? And I think it makes the show, you know, it's it's what drove the show to be able to have two people that she was deciding between. Yeah. And it's hard to speculate because I don't know what's going to happen. And I could be completely wrong about this. But it doesn't feel like this show is setting up a situation where fate chooses. It feels like Felicity and Ben and Noel, all of them are going to grow together and there is some choice about how you grow with a friend or romantically and you know if in the end it is Felicity and Ben I hope that we will have seen 
choices that each of them have made to make them better fit with each other. Because from the early episodes, I don't feel like Felicity is equipped to be Ben's partner. And I don't know that Ben is really in a place to have a deep emotional relationship. But these are things that can change over time. But what they have going for them at this point is open communication, Mm -hmm. uh, which Ben may shut down at this point. I don't know. But at the very least, we've had Felicity being overly communicative and even in her worst moments so far, continuing to show up. So that is a good sign, I think, for them. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, you know, this show focuses primarily on those relationships and the growth of the characters. I mean, you're not going to get them fighting vampires, right? So it's like, <laughs> this is what they have to do in in four seasons. And so as wait a, a result, minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I was promised vampires. You mean there are no vampires in this? Like not, not even one, not one vampire? Some have made the argument and uh how we talked about the blood <laughs> the bl- pints of blood <laughs> in the first episode that there some have questioned whether or not there are indeed vampires in this show but there are not i that have is... been lied to i've been lied to mm-hmm. i'm I sorry betrayed. that's on me that's on me betrayed oh boy well with all of that said, I wonder if it's time for us to give our rating of this episode because we've said a lot about it. So where did it land? I'm happy to give mine first on this one. I rated this one, as you all know, I rate in a different metric every time. This time in marzipan boxers, because what else? What else of would course. you pick for an episode like this? Had I been really creative, I might have said headless marzipan boxers, but I didn't. I just said marzipan boxers. So for this one, I'm saying six out of 10 marzipan boxers for really the reasons that we've already covered. I mean, for me, this episode is an aberration. I can appreciate wanting to have the Felicity and Ben dynamic take a step back, but I don't believe how they did it because I don't understand where Felicity is coming from. And we don't, there aren't a lot of times where Felicity doesn't tell us exactly where she's coming from. You know, like most of the time we're along for whatever ride you're on with her And this time they just leave it more mysterious what her motivations were, how she feels about it. And I don't think that helps me grasp the point of this storyline. So yeah, it might've been because they just had to have something that had this impact on their relationship, but I don't buy it. I don't believe it. So that's my six out of 10. I think that is a fair, that's fair reasoning for what's going on. I think Felicity's verbal constipation in this episode is very different from her earlier ex-lax loving dialogue. So where is Javier to get his life blood from? (laughs) I was going to say, I mean, for Javier's sake, I hope she unplugs that. So yes, I agree with that. I will say... 
I do have a different rating, and as always, I rate in gloves as a fish. So I actually gave it 7.5 gloves. Yes, and I absolutely agree with you with everything that you just said. However, what saves this episode for me is how funny it is, because we're coming off an episode that especially for me was very dark and there were there were so many people being triggered and i just needed something that was funny and i think almost the fact that i didn't really see this as the true felicity so i don't have to feel really bad about her makes me feel better about this episode in general and there were just so many funny parts that i I don't know. It saved it for me. It made it enjoyable. I laughed so hard. Listeners, please go back and watch the slow-mo eating of the marzipan boxer head whenever you need to feel better about life. (laughs) That was really gold. It was. Yes. So it gets a 7.5 for me, purely based on humor. Okay. Well, there we have it. 7.5 gloves, six out of 10 marzipan boxers. That's the rating. Well, we would love to hear from you all. We are getting the coolest feedback so far. Apparently people have a lot to say about this show and we are loving reading it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, And we're loving not reading it if we're not allowed to, (laughs) but just, just sitting in anticipation for when the end of season four happens and I can read <laughs> all the emails. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, fish will read them along the way, but when she's uh, given a caveat from me, then, <laughs> then we have to be careful. But yeah. So if you have any feedback that you wanted to share with us, please feel free to do that. You can email us at the at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L two S's, themelissafish at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have feedback, if you have ratings of your own, uh, hey, we're we're looking for those Felicity and Noel treatises. Uh, <laughs> feel yep. free to add those yep. to the mix. Uh, if you have Felicity fan art that you want to share, we would love to see any of it. Also, we have an Instagram account. You can find us at Felicity Podcast. Lots of cool people turning up on that account. I'll tell you, that's been fun. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And then if you want to know when we drop a new episode, we have a newsletter. So you can get an email right when we send out a new episode each week. And you can find out how to sign up for that by checking the show notes. So any of those things are great ways to stay in touch with us. And I know next time we're going to be tackling the first two-part episode that we've come across. So this is part one of Drawing the Line, which should be an interesting one to tackle. But anything else you wanted to mention here, Fish, before we wrap up? Nope. Just one more time. want to say right on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess that's it for now. Until next time, Fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.